Hello, everybody. Welcome in. James Adams alongside Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics, my fantasy fix, DFS golf podcast. And Skeeter Robinson, we continue to move into the end of the year. It's late October. We're getting ready for the Zozo, a tournament again like last week that will be played in a different location. It'll be played here in the States, uh, normally played as part of that Asian swing. Um, so we have a new venue. But before we get into that, let's take a look back to the CJ Cup, also at a new venue, a place I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, I'll ask you, what, if anything, are we taking away from this uh, perhaps one-time event in Las Vegas? Uh, can we get a two? I think you and I will both be in favor of this. Can we get a regular event back at uh, Shadow Creek? I mean, that was a very uh, nice week for you and I, I believe. That is a fact, as I was very happy to have one Jason Kokrak who... Uh, did take it down at 60 to 1. Plus, I had the top six on him as well. So, I will be cashing a ticket later this evening after we finish this podcast from that win. Um, something, by the way, I did not know this ahead of time, but I did hear during the broadcast. Apparently, as an MGM sponsor, he had played over like 20 rounds at that course. So, he had his own personal course history. Yeah, I wish I wish I would have known that. I might have, I might have bet him there. I mean, I played on DraftKings and had a really good lineup. It would have been better if Sung Jay had, had a little bit of better a weekend, but, um, yeah, I, I had a really good week on DraftKings, made up for the football disaster of last <laughs> week for me. So, um, no, it was it was fun to finally have a golf sweat again. It's been a while that I just have not been able to put anything together, and to at least be in like the top hundred and the twelve dollars single entry and the top fifty, I think for most of the most of the weekend, it was uh, it was fun to kind of get back into that and you know feel like you had a chance, just needed a little more out of against Sungjae, JT, kind of just. Idling a little bit on Sunday kind of hurt a little bit. And, oh, I think I might have made a few more bucks if Henley would have birdied 18 to end up T2 at Xander. But, um, but no, overall, I can't complain about the week. No, and uh, I, I did get a chance to see the, uh, the course, an aerial view. I think it was a Google Maps view. Uh, and it's insane. I mean, you want to talk about the absolute definition of an oasis it is nothing but desert around it right and then there's that couple miles square uh just lush green spot i mean that place is uh it is something else i know because i i think last week before we started i told you like yeah this is like rolling hills you're like in the desert I go, yeah it's just so weird but um yeah they said they moved a whole lot of earth to make that place happen okay it doesn't surprise me but the other thing i like about it is i mean i realize what minus 21 but Correct. there were some, I mean, this course was tough for a lot of golfers. Like, outside of those who played really well, you didn't see it. Uh, there were a lot of golfers 10 or under 10 under, and I think, you know, just there were some disaster scores out there. So I don't mind those tournaments where you got to be playing well, shoot well. If not, you're going to get punished. So I had no issue with the tournament at all. No, I loved it. Um, and then obviously winning makes you love it a little bit more Absolutely. as. Uh, I have, to, I have to throw this out, Skeeter. I like to talk local, and I know it's not necessarily things that uh, you or anyone else cares about, but a Xavier University graduate, one on tour, uh, a campus that's very close to me, mm-hmm. and a University Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati graduate is one on tour. So two colleges that are in the city of Cincinnati, Ohio, have both been represented with a PGA champion, PGA tour winner, I should say, uh, in the last two months. So hooray for uh, for my neck of the woods, dude. Yeah, no, I can't get a, a DA points win or um, anybody from the University of Illinois. I mean, Thomas Peters hasn't even won the Euro Tour recently, so um, 
Well, I mean, unless has Stricker won on the on the Champions Tour, I guess that would be the closest U of I connection. But uh, uh, probably not since Spirit or Phil got up there. Oh yeah, yeah. What Phil's two for two now? <laughs> and Ernie, right? He's he's up there too. There you, um, go. there you go. Next time Phil plays a Champions Tour event, uh, play Phil, p- play the double Phil with all in PGA Tour. There you go. I don't know if that would actually profit though, unless you hit one of those long ones. Uh, but I'm certainly interested. You know, I'm I'm liking the doubles. I'm playing them now, so and I will be doing that as well. But before we get into that, let's get into a little bit of uh, the DraftKings aspect here. And and before we do that, let's get into the tournament, the Zozo, which is. Uh, taking place at Sherwood and Skeeter, a tournament of a, a course, I should say rather that uh, I am most certainly not familiar with. I know that it was used on tour in years past, but why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Cause from what I've seen, it looks like it'll be much different than what we normally see. Yeah. Um, par 72, 7,000 yards. So that's, I mean, you think a short course like that, you think colonial, you think heritage. Um, but then I don't know where there's five par fives, five par threes, and eight par fours. Like, it's just a really weird setup. Um, mm-hmm. Looking, I, I kind of went by hole by hole on the, on their website. Um, looks like the green, you know, it's a Nicholas design, so there's some a lot of tears to greens. But I've heard, you know, I initially heard rough might be up, but I think it was like, and I heard somebody else say it'll be like three-inch rough, which is a little bit of a deterrent, but not really. But... I guess if you go back to this course held the uh, Hero World Challenge before uh, Tiger moved it to to Bermuda, I think. I think it's Bermuda. It's that or Aruba. It's one of the two, right? One of those uh, island countries that's um, really nice in December, so it's probably not a bad move. But um, let me see if I can pull up. The, um, so the past winners, when it was at Sherwood, uh, Zach Johnson, Graham McDowell twice, Tiger a few times, Furyk, Vijay Singh. Even if you want to really go back, Luke Donald, Davis Love, Padraig Harrington. Um, boy, that's, to me, that kind of stands out as like ball striker accuracy types. Like, anytime I Zach, was thinking that too. Like anytime Zach Johnson, Graham McDowell, even Luke Donald win, Padraig, they're, I mean, they're not the longest hitters. Tiger would be the exception, but Tiger can hit, you know, hit a stinger Anything. three wood and find a fairway. So I don't, you know, maybe there's something here to accuracy that, you know, you want to take a look at as far as hitting fairways. So I'm looking at the usual T to green approach, birdies are better. Um, and then basically this almost turns into a wedge fest with, you know, five par fives. You know, you could see some of these guys just laying up or I think there's even a drivable par four along the way. So you know, the proximity from 100 to 115, and of course, since there's five par fives, and that's where a lot of your scoring's at, I will be looking at par five strokes gained. You you mentioned the uh, the past winners, and it makes me immediately think to Webb Simpson, who, spoiler alert, I'm always somewhat interested in playing. Hmm. Uh, but I recall, uh, I recall my uh, one time playing a Nicholas course, at least the only one I'm aware of that I've played, uh, was down in the Keough Island golf area. It's not the ocean course, but Turtle Point, where I remember the, the starter before we started said, this is your typical Jack Nicholas design. He, uh, he puts a lot of um, weight on hitting the fairway. So, you know, the fairways are generous, but when you're not in the fairway, it's penal. And so perhaps we'll, we'll see some of that this week. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I don't know how much, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at and how much I'll end up looking at fairways gain, but... 
you know, somebody like, you know, if I'm looking over past 36 rounds, you know, somebody like Tony Finau, who's dead or second to last in the category, not sure that's somewhere I want to go. Well, shall we take a look at this field? Yeah. It's interesting Small, pricing. Yeah, smaller field. There's only 77 players in the field as a whole. Again, another no-cut event, so two in a row we have um, here. And uh, I hate, Can I ask a question? Yeah, absolutely. What does a, So when, you, when we say no-cut, what does that mean? Oh, yeah, we definitely got to get into this before we get going. I thought you were going to ask me, uh, like, a, a tough question. This is a good one. So I'm watching the FC Cincinnati game uh, with some friends of mine, two of whom are season ticket holders, my friend Mark and his wife Amy. Amy is a beautiful young lady who could care less about sports. Her husband Mark and I have played, enjoyed playing golf together and, like, watching it. So I'm like, oh, no, this week will be interesting. It's a no-cut event, and God bless her. Amy, who doesn't play golf, thought that it meant that they like didn't cut the grass as much, or perhaps even at all. She thought it, there was no lawnmowers involved in this this golf course. Not that there was no golfers <laughs> cut after two rounds. Uh, so, uh, no doubt, her husband and I enjoyed quite a chuckle as uh, FC Cincinnati got the victory over the Columbus Crew. Thank you very much on Wednesday evening. But yes, that's what she said was a no cut event, and dude. I mean, I, at first I, like, had to, like, get the Q-tips out and go, ah, that's not what I heard, right? That's not what I heard. And then he looked at me and he just smiled. And he was like, yeah. And and, and uh, then we told her what a no-cut event meant. <laughs> you were rolling, though, weren't you? I was dying, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was laughing. Because uh, I remember, I think, saying, oh, if FC Cincinnati wins, I did a, a, a parlay with, a dollar parlay with them and Jim Herman winning, which a dollar paid, like, $2,300. And I was like, well, it's a no-cut event, so at least he'll be he'll be live on Sunday. And I think that's what spurred the conversation of no-cut event with uh, his wife and the rest of us. Oh, uh, you should have put a dollar on Coke Rack in FC Cincinnati. Clearly I should have. Um, clearly I should have, but I did not. Uh, I picked the wrong uh, Cincinnati campus to put my dollar on. That, that uh, or we'll just play, start playing triples FC Cincinnati with Euro Tour with PGA Tour. I may. I mean, you know there's going to be one or two of those silly things, and FC Cincinnati is only a mild <laughs> underdog against Minnesota United this coming Saturday. But this is not the MLS show. This is the PGA show. Uh, so let's let's get back into our, our field here. Yeah, only 77 players, so a no-cut event. Um, so I think it'll be interesting, um, as last week's was. I think it's a, a lot of fun when you get these events. But let's get into the field. We'll go 10K+. plus. So Dustin Johnson has withdrawn from this field uh, – Still dealing with his positive coronavirus test. So only five guys in the 10K plus tier. We start with Xander Schauffele, 11-2. John Rahm, 11 even. Justin Thomas, 10-6. Rory McIlroy, 10-4. Terrell Hatton, 10K even. Skeeter, of those five, I'll ask you, your favorite play in the 10K plus tier. Even though I didn't really, I mean, his weekend performance, like, just never could get anything going. I'm still going to go back to Justin Thomas. I mean, he did finish 12th last week. Still ranks number one over the past 36 rounds. Tee to green and opportunities gain. He's top 10 in both wedge ranges. He's fourth in DraftKings scoring. Second birdies are better. Third in approach. Like, he hits all the key metrics you want. Not the best at hitting fairways, but I'm assuming he probably could just hit three wood on some of these holes and be perfectly fine. You know, there's also some majors in there and some of the FedEx Cup finals in there. So, you know, that could skew some of his stats. But 10-6, it's a pretty decent discount. Like... Why? I mean, I know Xander and a no cut event is always good, but and played well last week. But why is he the highest priced golfer here? I don't get it. And and JT's probably number one in my model. If you take 
you know, for certain ranges if you take away Dustin Johnson, who's still showing for that. So at 10-6, guy plays well on short courses, plays well overall. Let's see, what has he done on Nicholas? Pretty decent at Nicholas courses. Has he ever won Mirfield Village? Or I know he lost a playoff to Morikawa at Workday, but I don't know if he's ever won at, at Nicholas. I don't think he has, but he's obviously, as you know, he made that bomb on the playoff. Of, oh, wait, he won uh, Honda one year. That's right. He beat Luke Liss in a playoff a couple of years ago at Honda. So he has won at Nicholas. I think he overall the profile's there at 10-6. I think it's a play for me. He's my second favorite play, so I'm right there with you. Uh, mine's going to be the cheapest play. I'm going to go Terrell Hatton at 10K. Yeah. I mean, I, I I faded him a little bit as in didn't bet him at the book, which I normally do. I mean, he's one of my guys because he was coming off the win at the BMW in, in England and then uh, and then made the trip across the country, across the pond and then across the country all the way to Vegas. Didn't seem to phase him much. He finished third after the big win to BMW PGA. Didn't make the cut at the U.S. Open, but he's been just outstanding as of late. I don't see how you go away from Terrell Hatton right now. I cannot do it, especially as the cheapest play in this, this tier. No, uh, he's he's second for me. Just, again, do, I think I'd just rather pay the extra 600 for um for Thomas, but Hatton for me is second. Yeah, he's just playing way too well, and even, even some of those Euro stats aren't getting mixed in. He was playing well here in the States. Um, Third barriers are better. Fifth DraftKings points. Seventh in approach. You know, maybe not the best wedge player as far as this goes, but again, some of the courses are limited. So, no, he's second for me. Well, your one is my two. My one is your two. So I think we hit those pretty good. Um, I'll just ask you who you're fading out of this 10K tier. It's Xander. This is just pure price at 11-2. Like, he should not be $800 in Rory McIlroy in any field. I mean, it almost feels like DraftKings is kind of really going off recent form, or they're really heav- heavily weighing that. But I'm just going to, it's a game, you know, it just, I didn't play him last week. <laughs> Thank goodness he didn't win. But 11 2, I just can't do that for Xander. He's got a, he might win, and that's fine. If he wins, then I lose this week, and I'll take that chance. Hey, I'm okay with that uh, approach, right? I mean, that's the same approach I have when I started the book, looking at odds. You know, the first. Five, ten guys, they're off my list because then I figure if they if they win, I lose. But I'm looking for a bigger return because I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for that upshot side. So I don't disagree with you too much there. I'm actually fading Rom. My thought process is I like Thomas better, and if Rom is 400 more than Thomas, I'll never be able to play Rom. I'd rather eat the $400 and create a difference between myself and the other uh, players in the tournament, the the DraftKings tournament when you've only got 77 players in the field. So I can't imagine a scenario where I decide I'd rather pay $400 more for ROM unless I've got, I don't know, six JT lineups already, and I don't want a seventh, and I probably don't go that stars and scrubs. So for me, it's ROM. No, completely fair, and we're recording this on a Tuesday night, one day later this week. Um, Thomas on Fantasy National is the highest owned in this range. Everybody else is kind of in the 11 to 16% range. Thomas around 22 Fair enough. Shall we take it to the 9Ks? Yep. All right. Again, uh, a smaller field, but we got a lot of choices here. There's nine choices, as a matter of fact. Colin Moore is 98. Webb Simpson, 97. Patrick Reed, 96. Tony Finau, 95. Cantlay, 94. Matsuyama, 93. Hovland, 92. Wolf, 91. Tiger Woods, 9K even. Skeeter, of the nine, who's your favorite play in the 9K tier? I like this tier. Um, I love it. I think there are... I have three people starred, and 
Maybe I'm taking a strategic fade on one of them, but or two of them, but um, I think you and I have some different 9K tier guys. I've only made one bet so far, and it's Victor Hovland at 40 to one, and I made it last night. I'm glad I did because when I woke up this morning, he was at 33 to one, so I got that in. So, so Hovland for me at 9200 just rates out really well on everything I'm looking at. Fifth in a wedge from 125 to 150, seventh in par five strokes gain, which is always good. Rates out top 20 and everything else except um, putting. He's 32nd, which for him is not terrible. 31st in fairways gain, I'll take, and not the best of 100 or 125, so that is slightly concerning. But when I start going into the rolling models here, he's 4th over the last 8th rounds. He's 5th over the last 50, 6th over the last 100 rounds. Uh, short course is not the best at, which is a little surprising for him. And does okay on Nicholas courses, but probably not a big enough sample size, so... I'm just going to, you know, he keeps top 10, top 15, top 20. He hasn't really put anything together, but it just kind of feels like he's going to put everything together here at one of these points. And 9200 I think, is a fair price. And when I see the drop in price of the book, that that's a good sign to me. It means that other people are kind of thinking that he might be due as well. Yeah, I wonder if some of that is Dustin Johnson withdrawing and also some of those the uh, the weight that people are putting on him. Because I do know some of the odds uh, dipped a little bit when DJ and Fino, were they the two withdrawals last week? Yes. Because, uh, yeah, by the time I got to the book to make bets, I was like, oh, man, these guys withdrawed now. Uh, with, withdrew. Withdrawed. I swear I went to college. <laughs> they withdrew. and uh, But I was not an English major. And uh, so then obviously your, your your odds go down. So I'm sure it's some of that. But I like Hovland, too. He's not my favorite, though. I'm going to go with one of his classmates. As the three of them are all in this tier. I'm going with Matthew Wolf. Some of it is price. Like, I hated paying up for Wolfie last week. I, I feel like at this point he and I are a little bit tied to the hip, or at least I am to him as far as I'm going to bet him at the book again this week because, look, he had a bad week. He was coming off of uh, a consecutive twos, seconds. Now, granted, there was a time, uh, a decent amount of time between the U.S. Open and when Wolf gets back into action at the Shriners. He finished 73 last week. He was awful. Is it any surprise that after a playoff loss in a, at a pretty big event, he loses – you know, he just kind of loses his flow when he shoots an 80 on that Thursday. That's not shocking to me. Uh, so that's not going to scare me. I'm going to go back to the to the train with Matthew Wolf. And if you remember, I, I it sometimes runs together with what I've said to you on and off air. But if I said this already, I apologize. He had on that Saturday at the Shriners three Eagles in on his back nine. There's three par fives. There's only two on that course. There's three par fives on this on this particular nine uh, and five over the whole course. So. I mean, I'm, give me a guy who can take advantage of, of of par fives. Matthew Wolf has been playing great. He's 9,100. I mean, he's kind of my guy at this point. He's definitely my guy this week in the 9K tier. Also, home course narrative. He's He grew up within like five or ten minutes, I think, of this course. So and he's played this course quite a bit. So there is some hometown narrative. What is he ownership-wise? Uh, not too bad, 15%. Um, okay, so. Yeah, it'll get higher when I start setting lineups. <laughs> You have that much impact on the uh, ownership. Probably not, not with just 10 lineups, when I'm probably only going to use them in four or five. But I probably will have 40 to 50% ownership of them, especially in a no-cut, when he can go out and just go crazy like he did a Saturday a week and a half ago. Right. Yeah, no, he, he does rate well in the opportunities and DraftKings scoring 24th and par five over the past 36 rounds. If you don't go with Victor, where else are you going? Uh, and in fact, if you want, you said you have three starred. Give me both of them, brother. Well, I mean, it's Webb. Webb's one of them. I mean... Just ultra consistent. Um, Ninety seven hundred still feels like he's underpriced. Like mm-hmm. he probably should be in the ten k. I'm not saying he should be above Hatton, but 
I mean, he's in the right range, but I don't know if there's $300 difference between Hatton and Webb. And then, I mean, Tiger, 9K. Okay. I mean, great. Okay, yes, I know he's won here multiple times. Some of that is Hero World Challenge, 18 golfer fields. But I believe this is a course he plays a lot. I don't, you know, I'm, I don't know if it's his home course, but he's very familiar with it. And, look, I realize he has not, he's kind of been off and on when we've seen him. But let, and maybe I'll have to do a weather check to make sure L.A. is not, like, 40 degrees this week. I don't think it is. But his his irons have still have been good. Off the tee is where he's been struggling. But I'm not sure that the rough, if it's three inches, that's probably not a deterrent for somebody like Tiger. And we kind of see him do well in these courses that he knows pretty well. You know, if you want to go back, he was ninth of the Farmers. He won at Augusta last year. Like, these are courses that he knows he can pop well at. So, for me at 9K, it, it's a little risky, but I'm willing to take the chance on Tiger. So, my number two is Webb, who you just mentioned. We've mentioned all but one of my top five. Before I say, Patrick Reed's my, my number three, because Webb's my two and we haven't mentioned him. What about Morikawa? I mean, he's a UCLA guy, right? Uh, UC Berkeley. Oh, my bad, my bad. Justin Sue was a USC. He was the other. He's kind of the forgotten member of that class. But I think in a couple of years he might uh, start showing up a little bit more. No, Morikawa ranks out pretty well. I mean, he ranks out really well for me over the past thirty-six rounds. Let's see. Let's look at him last week. Oh, yeah, I need to look at him. Really good on approach. Lost strokes putting. Maybe yeah, I, like, I feel like I feel like Morikawa is a good play in this range too. And it's it's odd that he's my number six. But I, you said you love this tier, so do I. Like, I can honestly see myself saying, you know what, I'm not playing Thomas as much as I like him. I'm not playing Hatton, who I like, and just, you know what, let me start with Mark Collins and just play a bunch of these 9K uh, guys together. Can we talk about Patrick Reed for a second? Sure. Okay. It's Patrick Reed, so, I mean, that's a problem in its own self. But third at the BMW PGA Championship where Hatton played. He misses last week, does Patrick Reed, before jumping into this field. Uh, so I'm not worried about him making the jump back over to the States in the long trip. He's been here. But 13th at the U.S. Open, 8th at the Tour Championship. Patrick Reed seems to be finding his form right now. He's 9600 which is a good price for him. And people don't like him, so I could see an ownership leverage. Like, Patrick Reed makes a lot of sense to me here in this tournament, too. Let's see, Patrick Reed, he's gonna he's getting some attention. Um Okay. Morikawa's by far the highest owned out of this range. In fact, he's the highest owned out of anybody this week. Webb is second. Reed uh no, Reed's kind of the Reed and Burger or no Burgers in the eighth, sorry. Hovland, Simpson are two three, and Reed's fourth. So I think there's a lot of people who are probably looking at this too thinking Starting this tier, Tiger, by the way, around 10%. I kind of like that. Like okay, that's, that's a little surprising to me. Yeah. But this is also not a major, so there's not as many probably um, random uh, DFS players here. So he's not getting a Tiger bump. There's probably people who are more like you and I playing this every week that are a little more... Um, Season? I don't I guess, yeah. I, mean, I, was, I was trying not to make myself like sound like I was too no, good. No, but, but no, but we're we're uh, we're not as casual as some like some who will just be like, oh, Tiger's in the field. I'll be throwing some golf lineups, and which is what I will expect in about three or four weeks. Oh, oh, certainly at the, at Augusta, absolutely. Yes. Um. Well, we we went through a bunch of this tier, but I don't know who you're fading, so I must ask. 
Oh, boy, I have two I could fake. I actually have three I could fake. Cause, oh, hey, I haven't been mentioned. Um, you know what? What did he even do last week? I swear, I was so focused on the golfers I had. Like, I was going through, I was like, I don't remember this guy in the field last week. Um, it's Hideki. All the strokes gained last week were around the green. He lost strokes gained putting. Shocker. Approach was neutral. Off the tee was neutral. I just, there's too many other guys right now, and Hideki's not, you know, the Hideki bot where he's top fiving everything in sight for like a month straight right now. So there's just too many other guys in this range I like better. That middle tier, the middle grouping of this tier is where I'm at with you. So he was in, I mean, I, we, we've beat it up, so he's one of my three that I'm fading. But I'm fading Fee now. He cost the most of the three with Cantley yeah. in between them. Um, I just worry about his return. Uh, yeah. you know, we saw Scheffler return, and not the same. We saw Cam Newton, different sport, return from the layoff, not the same. And I don't know if there's anything to be made of that, but in a field, in a, in a tier where I already like a bunch of these guys, it's just another reason for me to back off of him in a, in a tournament that I'm just going to go out and say, hey, he's probably not going to win because, you know, Tony just kind of doesn't win. I completely agree. Shall we go to 8K? Yes. We've got 10 choices in the AK range. I don't hate this range either. We'll start with Daniel Berger at 89, Harris English 88, Bubba Watson 87. The winner for the first time on tour last week, Jason Kokrak. I can't wait to go cash that ticket, by the way, at 8,600. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood 85, Joaquin Neiman 84, Matthew Fitzpatrick's 83, Scotty Scheffler 82, Russ Henley 81, Sung JM 8K even. Skeeter, your favorite player this 8K tier. There's a lot of our guys in this range, or guys that we've used a lot this year, I feel like, or in the past. I mean, Three guys that I had bets on last week who all finished top ten are in this tier. Yeah, well, I'm going to use one of them as my favorite play, because he's still too cheap. I mean, did he drop in price from last week? Was Henley like 83 or 84 last week? Uh, I can't give you the exact price, but I can tell you whereabouts he was. Maybe, if I find him. I'm not seeing him in my notes, which means maybe he was in the 7Ks. He might have gone up. Yeah, he was low 7Ks last week, bud. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, he was. I have him written just above Kokrak, who I remember being 7K. Right, okay. So, okay. Yeah, I didn't use anybody rolling the 8s last week. But anyway, I'm going to keep playing Henley. His form is just terrific. And over 36 rounds, first in approach, top 10, and T to green, fairways gain, opportunities gain. Number one in the wedge range from 100 to 150. And even in the birdies are better, DraftKings points, par 5 stroke scene, he's at least top half of the field. Like, statistically, he just stands out so big. And 8,100 is that kind of that nice third, or depending on how you build your fourth uh, lineup insertion. And even though short-term, long-term, he's still top 15 in most of the tiers, as I'm looking at short courses. He rates out really well with short courses over short and long-term. Um, and pretty good on Nicholas courses, actually top 20 across all ranges. So 8,100 for Henley, um, he just kind of does everything right. And he might be another one I'm going to have to go look at for betting. Yeah. I'm looking at 55 to one for Henley right now. Uh, and I'm with you. He's certainly a guy I have some interest in as well. My, my favorite's going to be Bubba Watson. Uh, again, you get a guy with the length and you give me five par fives. It's kind of becoming a theme here. It'll probably uh, continue. But Bubba started to play well. I was a little worried at the beginning of the week last week as Bubba started off pretty ugly with that 74, but then a 69, 65, 68 to, to reel it in. And once again, Bubba Watson now, 
Adds a seventh at Shadow Creek. He was 31st at the U.S. Open, 16th, 18th. Those were his finishes prior. You got to go back to the PGA Championship where he finished 71st. That's, that, I mean, since then, Bubba's been playing some pretty good golf. I'll go right back to the well. Oh, by the way, him and Kevin Na and Benny Ahn and uh, Ricky Fowler on Wednesday was very entertaining for the back nine at Shadow Creek and that, uh, that charity event they did before the tournament started. Not that that has anything to do with the reason I, I'm pulling for him here or using him, but Bubba's my favorite in a tier where I, I do like a couple guys. My problem with Bubba is his putting has just been awful. Like, his ball striking right now is terrific, but he is just bleeding so many strokes putting, and it's, just, it's hard for me to get there. I, I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm hoping that a, a, a bunch of people feel that way as well with you. I, uh, let's see, I, I think he's been getting talked up a little bit this week. Uh, 16%. Okay, I can I mean, get with he's that. Among, I mean, he's among the top half of the 8K as far as ownership. Like, Henley and Berger are the top two, and then it's Bubba, and then Harris English, so. Oh, Neiman's up there, too. Well, those are some guys that I like. We'll probably get to them here in a second. But before I go next here... You, uh, you like Henley, who I do too. He's number four out of these ten for me, and I, I will use him, I assure you. Who else are you going with if you don't use Henley or, or with Henley? I'm not sure there's anybody else in this tier that I'm really going to use unless I go ten lineups. If I go ten lineups, I'm throwing him into one because he at least has a good history at Nicholas Tracks, and that's about the only reason, and he's going to be sub-5% owned, and that's 8,500 Tommy Fleetwood. That's oh. the only reason I would do this because his track at Nicholas, and even though I think it's mainly Honda. But his form isn't great, but maybe there's something about... I mean, there's water, I think, on the eight or nine of the holes here. I mean, Honda, I know there's a ton of water on that course. Maybe there's something that catches Tommy's eye. But outside of that, I don't have much of a reason. So that's more of a 10 lineup. I'm throwing, throwing him in one or two in the flyer type of play. Tommy was... If he wasn't second, he was definitely in contention at the Honda this year, right? Uh, third and fourth was his past two... Ex- uh, finishes there, and I think okay. So one, yeah, I think he was third or fourth this year. Okay, I, I remember him having a chance on that uh, par five. Oh, that's right. Year. Did he did he put it in the water? Did he play in the water? or Did he play it out too far left conservatively? I think no. he did go in the water actually. No, because yeah, I think he, he went, went right at the pin and then was just was a little short. I believe that is correct actually, because I think was... Birdie would have got him in a playoff, but he was going for the eagle win or at least going for a tap in Birdie. I I guess is what happened there. Right, maybe he was too inspired, or he had a little extra journalist to see Mac Hughes' a reaction, so. Perhaps, um, perhaps. If I don't go Bubba, which I will, but I can see myself mixing in a handful here. I like Harris English, man. Um, I mean, what's he doing wrong? At 8,800, Harris English continues to be pretty impressive for me. Tenth at the CJ Cup. Yes, he was. He didn't make the cut at the Shriners, but oh, by the way, he was five under. Sorry, 68-69 on a par 72 doesn't make the cut. Fourth at the U.S. Open, 12th at the Tour Championship. Harris English is playing some really, really good golf. Has been since the since the middle of the summer. I see no reason to fade him in, at 8,800. He's going to be in some lineups for me. Really good score. Rates out well in everything except the wedges. He's bottom 20 in wedges. So that's, that's the only concern with him over 36 rounds. But if you can excuse that... Um, I agree. I think he's a decent play. Very good short-term on shorter courses. Let's see, long-term on English. Same thing. So, eh, medium, kind of medium-range, short- and long-term on Nicholas and shorter courses. But, no, he's doing everything else that you're looking for. Just can he hit a wedge? 
Okay. I will ask you, Joaquin Neiman, who seems to continue to be making, uh, I don't know if a believer out of me is what, what I should say, but, I mean, he was right on the precipice again last week. For me, Joaquin Neiman is, is high on my list and will be in some lineups too. Your thoughts on him? He's my quote-unquote fade. You know, Ooh! I'm going to tell you right now that after, after Henley, there's not a huge separation between whoever my second play would be, Tommy, and then my last play in Neiman. Um, okay. I think it's just going to be more of an ownership reason, and I just I don't have a feel for him. Like I kind of want, want him when he's playing really well. He almost has a little of Hideki in him as far as where he can just kind of get in a mediocre rut. So I'm just not ready to go back to Neiman yet. Okay. My fade's going to be Daniel Berger. After he yeah. was, like, lightning hot forever. Uh, I don't know if lightning is hot or not. I assume it is, but that's probably a dumb reference. fire, but... so I'm assuming it's got to be a little hot. There you go. Uh, he's just been okay. Uh, and I say okay. I mean, he's 15th at Tour Championship, 25th at BMW, 31st, 4th at the U.S. Open. But at 8,900 and 28th last week at CJ Cup, uh, at 8,900... 8, I would either pay a couple extra bucks to go get my boy Matt Wolf at 91, or I'd love Harris English and Bubba Watson right below him. Again, for me, it's kind of like what you said. I mean, I'll use Daniel Berger. I have no problem with him. It's more about this tier kind of being, eh, you know, uh, there's a lot of similarities. And if I like English and Watson and Wolf all around him so much, it's hard for me to find Daniel Berger in a lineup too. Yeah, I think that's fair. The one thing in his defense, he's very good on short courses, both short and long term. He rates up really well in that regard. Um, and again, really doesn't do anything wrong. Good par five, good birdie maker, good tee to green. So a lot in his favor, but I don't mind not playing him. Shall we take it to the seven Ks? Yep. Only 16 golfers in seven K this week. I'll, I'll let you look through them on your own, but... I will start with you, Skeeter. Not a whole lot of choices. There's a few I like, a few I don't. Who's your favorite play in the 7K? Well, if I like Tiger, because, you know, he can kind of show up out of nowhere, I think the same thing has to apply to Adam Scott at 7,900. Um, just a class golfer. I know we talked about this a little bit before we started We started recording, that he has won at Riviera, which is also in L.A. I don't know right. if that has anything to do with any of this, but... Um, he actually rates out extremely well on Nicholas courses. Uh, top 10 from anywhere from four rounds to 100 rounds. So I don't know if his, I don't remember if it Memorial happens to be a really good tournament for him or I don't think he would have played Glen Abbey. So I'm assuming Mirafa Village. Maybe he's played Honda. Um, I'd have to, I'll have to look at this a little bit more, but just plays, he has some sort of, Really good track record at Nicholas courses. Stats, yeah, he's okay there. Nothing great. But, again, he just kind of can kind of show out of nowhere. Uh, really good with his wedges. Will make some birdies. I, just, I, th I think maybe it's more of a Nicholas narrative and just more of a class golfer compared to some others right around him at 7,900. I think he is a decent enough play that I can go to him. Adam Scott at 7,900 is most certainly intriguing. One of the guys I have... Um you know, marked down as a must-use in the 7K tier. Um, I'm going to say my favorite play is Cam Smith. I'm going to go back to him. Uh, was not disappointing last no. week at the CJ Cup. Finished 11th. Uh, had, a, had a little bit of a stumble on, on Friday with the 74, but other than that, played pretty good. Minus 9 to finish 11. And for the reasons I liked him last week and went with him are the same reasons I'll stick back to him. 24th at Shriners, 38th at the U.S. Open, 24th at Tour Championship, 20th at BMW, 18th at Northern Trust. After the win early in the year, 
He had really faltered. I think he's found his legs again. Cam Smith at 7,200 feels like a steal. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot of guys priced below him in this field. Again, only 77 people in the field, but Cam Smith seems like a bargain for me at 72. He's okay to me. He just, you know, I used him last week, and I think he made a lot of birdies to help. But just over 36 rounds, he just doesn't really pop any of these stats this week against this field. Even when I throw this out across different ranges, he does rate out pretty well, 24 rounds or less. So he is playing better. I'd say 7,200 is okay. I just, there's others, I think, around there that I'd rather play, and I'm not in love with the 7K tier this week. Fair enough. Yeah, there's definitely, I, I like a few. I like probably less than I dislike, if that makes any sense. Uh, I'll ask you after Adam Scott. Who else would you use in this tier, if you will indeed use anyone? There's two others I'm considering. Ryan Palmer has a really good history on Nicholas courses, and he rates out top 10 on short courses. Uh, you know, I think, you know, so I think he's played well at Honda. Even shorter courses, I'm trying to think like Heritage. He's a member at Colonial. Didn't he finish runner-up to uh, Rahm at Memorial? Oh. He did, indeed. Yeah, he was in the final group with Rahm. That's he wasn't right. close to him. That's a good memory. He was eighth at Heritage, a short course, 17th at Honda. So he does play some of these shorter courses. Uh, fourth at Sony. That's right. I think he had a bad Sunday at Sony or... He hit one out of bounds on 18, which gave him hurt him hurt any chances for him to win. So, does well short courses, has a good history at Nicholas courses. 7,100, I'll play that narrative. And then, oh boy, the guy I don't know what to do with. He rates out number one short term on short courses. Has a pretty good um, history, pretty on Nicholas courses. I just can never figure out Billy Horschel at 7,400. <laughs> I, I just don't want to play him, but, every, but I keep looking at him and I'm like, Compared to everybody else in this tier, uh, fifth and par five strokes gained, which is odd for him. Uh, 19th birdies or better, 11th putting. Like, I don't know. There's something that's just attracting me to Horschel, and I just don't want to, but I can't I can't completely dismiss him yet. So he might be the other guy I play. So I actually have Horschel as one of the guys I like. I mean, come on. You can start a Horschel, Smitty, uh, Ryan Palmer lineup, and you got a ton of money to spend up in them 9Ks now. Yeah, the old 9K, 7K lineup. Yeah, I like that one. Um, you didn't mention Abe Answer, who I like. Uh, yeah. I'm not so sure. I mean, uh, Lanto and Todd at the very bottom. Brennan Todd, Lanto Griffin intrigue me a little bit because they're dirt cheap. But, I mean, you kind of hit all the guys I like, really, besides Abe. Brennan Todd is one I can see myself ending up on. I mean, he's number one in fairways gain. He is always going to be. He can make putts. He actually is 15th in par five strokes gain. Good wedge player, so I mean, if again, if Zach Johnson, Graham McDowell could win here, Brendan Todd could win here. He's kind of the same type of golfer, so I can see myself getting a little Brendan Todd as well. I I think you know who I'm gonna fade, but I'm gonna wait and let you go first. I doubt you fade the same guy as me, but maybe you do. Maybe you found the maybe they find the, the I was gonna say the dark side, but the the the, the right side. Who do you fade in seven K? Um, let's see. Is this a Champions Tour event? It's not. No, it's not. No, so I'm sorry. I'm fading Phil. Uh, I get that. And I assure you that Phil, Ricky, Jason Day, that grouping at the top of the 7K tier, I probably don't oh, get involved well, in. Well, well, Jason Day, after after uh, having a stiff neck on Sunday, when I think he was, what, like the final couple of groups and having to 
having to having to step out in the final round, yeah, that was probably painful for anybody who had him. And the oh, poor guy just can't seem to catch a break health wise. Yeah, I don't feel too bad for him. He does have a major championship. That's true. <laughs> you know who I'm fading? I'm fading the vampire, Justin Rose. 7,400? I mean, he's going to have to be 6,400 before I even start thinking about him at this point. I like how he, I, it took you, like, he was, I think he had, like, a triple bogey at a hole on Saturday, start off five over after like three or four holes. I sent that picture to you while you were on the, the uh, on Sirius, and I, I think you replied with the vampire emoji and was laughing. I thought that was Sunday, because it was, like, right after the Bengals were up real big, and, of course, they blew oh, that one. Oh, you're but, right. Uh, I'm sorry. You're right. Because you said it must be my day, D-A-Y, and I said, no, it's my day, D-E-Y, and uh, you responded, because the Bengals, for those who don't know, use who day is what they yell, like the Saints yell who dat for a cheer, and you responded very quickly with a good quip about how your uh, stupid autocorrect ruined that, <laughs> and that made me smile quite a bit, I promise you. Well, I'm glad that did, because I'm not sure the rest of the Bengals did really did for you, but, uh... Eh, whatever. You know what I like? I like Burrow looking good, and I like the Bengals getting a top draft pick to help them out next year, because they're not going anywhere, so... I'm willing to forego my $20 future on the Bengals winning the Super Bowl, which I knew was a bad bet then, and I still acknowledge it was, and I still will make it every year. I'm willing to forego that ticket for a high draft pick. So, I wasn't that upset with the loss, although... Ugh, I was a little upset. I was a little bothered. If only they were in the NFC East. I think they'd be a half a game out of first. Yes. <laughs> Yet to have a tiebreaker with Philly since they uh, tied each other, but at any rate. Yeah. Uh, the 6K range, only 37 guys in this tier. I'm going to... Jeez, you're dedicated counting this up. I was curious. I was just kind of messing around, and I was like, you know, when you scroll, you see that the little scroll, balls, scroll bar, easy for me to say, is bigger. Uh, and so I was just like, you know what, I'm curious how many guys. I think it was 78 or something like that last week. It was... Uh, I don't know, it's not that hard to count to 100. I mean, I, I promise you, I went to college. <laughs> and I only had to count 77, by the way. Um, at any rate, the 6K tier. Some serious names in here. Um, the top one is really interesting. But before we just get through the whole tier, I'm going to ask you first, who's your favorite play in the 6K tier? Do you see yourself going 6K this week? Oh, I have a few guys I'm very intrigued by. And this might just be a scatter, scatter pro- or scatter shot approach. Hashtag talking is hard. Um, Kevin Kisner, 6,800. If it's a short course, I, I can go to Kisner. Um, first in the 125 to 150 range, so I'm sure he will be doing quite a bit. 15th birdies are better. 16th fairways gain DraftKings points. Slightly below average par 5. About average tee to green. But his approach to fairways gain are all top 16 over 36 rounds. Does do really good in short courses. Um, in the short term, he's second over the last four and eight rounds, and then average over longer rounds. But I can take a chance on Kisner any time that he's on a shorter course at 6,800. I think there's enough upside to give me a chance there. He is 110 to 1 at the book, and I was absolutely fading him before I got into talking to you. And when you started talking about the past owners, or winners, rather, that's what made me think about, yeah. man, maybe Webb should be my favorite, not Wolf and 9K. And that makes me like him a lot more. And you got to like 11, uh, or I'm sorry, 110 to 1 odds for a guy like that. And, you know, yeah. just back it up with a top five or whatever. I mean, he has that mentality. When he plays well, he can win. I mean, we've seen him win a WGC match play. Would it be, uh, would it be too hokey to say he's a bulldog? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, he is, right? Didn't he go to Georgia? He is. You know, you're right. <laughs> I swear to God, I think everybody went to Georgia anymore. Like, it Henley, does seem... Um, English? Uh, yeah. Bubba? Okay, yeah. 
I mean, it's, uh, there's probably a lot more I'm missing, too, but it just seems like there's... There we go. There's... We, we need a PGA Tour Ryder Cup style. Georgia alums versus Oklahoma State alums. Oh, well, that's tough, man. You know I'm going to be on Matthew Wolf, but I do love Bubba, too. That would be one where I just sat back and cheered for uh, J.B. Holmes to get his U.K. win in. <laughs> I don't even like U.K., but I just have to represent my state. I'm really a Cincinnati guy, but uh, it's Jim Herman, I guess. Well, at least he has won recently, so... Yeah. At any rate. So I'm kind of confused here in the 6K tier because as, as before we got on, you know, I was thinking, oh, you know what? Give me Camp Champ and all those par fives. Give me a guy who can go bomb it. Give me Corey Connors, a guy who can go bomb it. Maybe I just go back to one of my other kind of old reliables and Adam Hadwin. I'll say he's my favorite in the 6K tier. 28th off the CJ Cup. If he finished 28th at 6,700 and let me get in, a Hatton web stack at the top. It's probably worth it. So uh, I like the other guys I just mentioned. I like a few guys. And I do think I'll go some stars and scrubs here and mix it up a little bit. Not so much reaching up into the 10K a lot, but, you know, if you want to go with a Hatton web combo to start, that's almost like having two guys in the 10K. And Hadwin's been kind of good lately. I mean, he's gotten back into the mode. And, you know, the 34th at Shriners, the 28th last week, I'll make Hadwin my favorite. But I'll be honest with you, I could, I could be – between four different guys, and it could change in 10 minutes. Yeah, I'm not – those both – Uh, I get the champ narrative. He actually does not do very well in par fives over 36 rounds. and Surprising to me. And Hadwin's average, so just he, his approaches have not been very good recently. Um, Connors, uh, it just – it's the Bubba syndrome. Really good tee to green, can't make a putt. Um, and because he can't make a putt, he doesn't make a lot of birdies. So I have five guys started here, and I'm going to have to narrow this down. Um, I'm sure you'll join me on the Kevin Streelman at 6600 train. Uh, of course. I've got Streel written down. Always do. I know that you'll join me on the 6500 Joel Dahman train. Already written down, absolutely. You're really good on short courses for Dahman. That's, I think, I'm so predictable. Well, we talked about this a little bit beforehand, too, so a little cheating. Um, the other three guys I have... I have Brendan Steele, 6,500. He can make a lot of birdies, does well in short courses. Tom Hoagie rates out decently well, especially in the wedge ranges and opportunities gain. And I think if I look at my rolling model on, where did he go, Hoagie? Yeah, short term, 13th over 12 rounds. He's somebody at 6,400 I can look at. And then maybe I'll give credit to Wiley and Bearoff on Golflandia for this one. Uh, Mark Hubbard, 6,400. Pretty good par 5 guy. Decent with his wedges. Uh, I think he rated out real. Where did he rate out really well? Short courses, yeah. Or past 24 rounds or less, he's top 20 in every single short-term, short-course round. So at 6,400, I can play the narrative just for that reason. I can't really say I've got any other names to throw in there except for Harry Higgs, who I... Uh... He's just a man of the people, so anybody with a beer belly like that, I don't know that that belly's from beer. It could be from wine. It could be from eating well. I don't know. Uh, but any anyone with his shirt unbuttoned uh, that low and looks like a man of the people like myself, I'm always down for some Harry Higgs. But, yeah, you named a lot of the guys I uh, I enjoy uh, taking a look at here or I'm planning on looking at here, too. Yeah, um, there's a couple of names that, you know, two years ago we never would have thought these guys would have been in the 6Ks, but yet here they are. Um, Unbelievable. 6,900 Jordan Spieth. Unreal. It's, it's the right price, though. And so is 6,800 Matt Kuchar. Crazy. 
just, yeah. It's wild. No, but I'm right there with you. I mean, it's just like maybe it's time for these. I say time, like Jordan's still young, but right now it's time for him to move into that range. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, and I still don't really have any interest. I mean, we just went through a bunch of names, and neither one of us said we were really that interested in either one of them. No, um, let's see. I'm curious on their ownership, actually. Spieth is 7%, and Kucher 5 It's a no-cut event. Yeah, I almost wonder, again, if you have casuals playing through, you're going to say, oh, wait, I know Spieth. I've heard of Kucher. Sub-7K, all right. Sure. I mean, I could see myself two years ago just keep logging in and looking at it and going, oh. that's a good way to start a lineup. I think, like, when I first really started doing this, like, 2016, I was like, okay, Kucher, um, oh, he's the 10th highest price golfer? Okay, he's making every cut in top 15. All right, just insert. I'll figure it out from there. So, I don't know that this means anything, has anything to do with anything. Did you watch any of the uh, Wednesday program with Bubba and Ricky versus uh, Kevin Na and Benny on? I did not. It was pretty entertaining. Bubba and Kevin were, were very entertaining back and forth. Both had a lot to say. Nah being the uh, guy from Las Vegas, Bubba just being the guy with the flapping gums. Uh, it was pretty interesting. I don't know what this even means. I don't know if your palate is, uh, is broad enough to understand this, but when you go to get Indian food, they give you that like bread. It's called garlic naan. Okay. I, got a, I got a really big kick out of every time Na was up first, it would say N.A., and then there would be like uh, you know the uh, uh, the break, and then an and I would just it made me laugh that their names <laughs> together said Nala, like the food you get at Indian food. Not that either of them are even Indian, but it made me laugh. No, no, I get it. I don't know if it was the other way. Well, I'm into Anna. Well, that happened whenever Benny was hitting. Yeah, oh, whoever okay. was hitting first, their name was first in the list. So I'm I'm glad you had some response. I was halfway through my statement and thought wow, I'm going to just leave them on the edge with absolutely nothing to say because that was the dumbest thing I could say. But the dumb things that I get a kick out of on a Wednesday watching golf, dude. No, no. Hey, I appreciate those <laughs> things. I mean, by now, plus you should realize that there's probably I probably have more knowledge of a random food reference than I would Star Wars. So. Well, um, well, the Mandalorian starts in a couple of weeks. This is the way. Okay, there. Good. We got our good, uh, we got our good silence in there that Which you didn't understand what I was meant. Uh, it's a show on Disney Channel. It's kind of a spinoff from the Star Wars franchise. It's very, it's for for nerds like myself. It's very good. I actually bought a uh, Mandalorian art piece this weekend. So that's what kind of nerd I am, Skeeter. How you doing? Hey, we all have our own thing, so I'm not here to judge. <laughs> Shall we talk about a fade here? Sure. Um, I know who you're fading. Who am I fading? You're fading Jordan Spieth at 6900. No, there would at least be some reason for me to play him. At 6,900, I suppose there could be. I have no idea who Brad Kennedy is. Like, I have no idea why he's in this field. I cannot answer that for you. His only registered round on Fantasy National was a miscut at the Open in 2012. So I don't know if he was. I don't know if he won the Japanese Tour, and maybe that's how he got in, or. Couple maybe the, yeah, I have no idea why he's in this field. I mean, it's, maybe he works at Sherwood. Maybe I, I <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. So I mean, that was just a dumb thing I was thinking of. I have no idea. Yeah, or sponsor exemption, or maybe he has something to do with those. I don't know, but um, we'll fade Brad Kenny. He's sixty one hundred, so he's not even six k. Skeeter, what's going on with my man Leash? Mark Leishman? Uh, Wasn't he, like, top 20 in the world, like, a year ago? Well, then he kind of 
one of the unconventional way at farmers by never hitting a fairway and gaining eight strokes putting, but uh, for what's worth, he actually did gain a little bit on approach last week for the first time since Memorial. Bad news was he lost strokes around the green putting, so he hasn't been as awful the past two tournaments, but I don't But he ain't been go. good. No. No, unlike his minus 23 strokes loss at BMW. So, unfortunately, one of my favorite players, I did not use him in the lineup last week, even in a no-cut event, I can't use him. I love you, Mark Leishman. I hope to be using you soon enough, but I can't use you this week. Yeah, yeah, he's just also almost like he's got the yips a little bit right now. Well, let's hope he overcomes it, or at least, uh, I don't know, let's hope he, uh, if he needs a job cutting grass, Skeeter, I know he's very good in the videos I've seen, I would certainly hire him. Probably wouldn't pay him what he's used to being paid, though. Yeah, someone tells me uh, it's probably not in his future. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Um, well, I will ask you this. In your future, in your immediate future, is there a one-and-done choice? Because, again, I do not have to make a choice again this week. Yeah, um, I do pick one-and-done, and I haven't used him yet, so I might just go Tiger. Not saving him for the Masters? No, I think Rory's who I'm saving for the Masters. Okay, and I would say this. Now, I think uh, we talk about the you know game theory as opposed to picking the best golfer. And um, if a lot of people you think are saving Tiger for the Masters and you're not in first place, it probably makes sense to take Tiger now, not use him in the future. Uh, if you're trying to differentiate yourself from the field, as we're way deep into this one and done season now, right? Right, and I'm semi alive for the segment prizes. Like, I still have ways to go, but I'm at least, I you know. I'm on the outskirts looking in, so. Yeah, and I'm still just waiting to make a pick till the Houston Open, which is, I think, what, two weeks away still? Yeah. Oh, so. oh then I hope Tiger isn't a draw because my alternate is Russell Henley, former Houston Open winner. So maybe I'll save Henley for that. Or you change your, yep, change your, uh, change your, 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 your uh, alternate. But, yeah, so I don't have a pick. I mean, at this point, you know, if I were picking one, who would I pick? Ugh. You know, if I still had one of the big guns, I might just turn to him. If I had Tyrrell Hatton, of course, I wouldn't have him. I used him at WGC Mexico seemingly a year and a half ago. But I'd probably turn to him. Um, but at this point, yeah, I think it's a lot of game theory as much as it is who you think is going to win. And you certainly have to keep in mind that you're going to get some winnings, right, because it's a no-cut event. Right, but that doesn't mean you go use real Ishikawa because he yeah. finished 60th. Unless, unless you're just absolutely done. But, you know, I'm still assuming you probably could use your boy Harry Higgs or... Cam Smith, right? You could use Bubba or uh, Abe Answer. I mean, if you hadn't used those Ryan guys Ryan Palmer, yet. Taylor Gooch. So. Ryan Palmer would be a good pick this yes, week, actually. Man. Yeah, for, for your two and done, yeah. Maybe even one and done, not a horrible way to look. Yeah, because he would not be used a whole lot. And I love the Nicholas Course uh, thing you brought up, because Palmer now is starting to peak my eyes as a potential bet here this week, too. Yeah, I, I still have to finalize everything. That's kind of what I'm devoting the rest of my night to, and watching game one of the world series so yeah i'm looking for palmer he's 100 to one i, I like that i like that then you back it up with a little top five bet on him and everything's uh honky dory right yeah or maybe even top 10 at that price too 14 to one is his top five six to one is his top 10 that is one thing i noticed uh, and and i don't want to get into too much but as i'm trying to decide between the lesser odds to win by getting the top six instead of the top five and maybe the extended odds the uh 
my philosophy has changed a lot based on whether or not it's a no-cut event or a cut event. Uh, because the top fives, right, like, you're just not getting that great of a return on a top five in a no-cut event like you would in a cut event. True. That is true, right, but that's because it's shorter field, so. Yeah, but that, that, uh, so that's why I didn't go co-crack 66 to 1 in the top five. I went 60 to 1 on co-crack in the top six because the yeah. top six, I think, paid, it might have actually paid more than the top five. Um, to the point where, like, if he won, which he did, the overall payout between cash and the top five, six, whatever, and the win didn't change a whole lot. Like, right, it was only a couple bucks, and I thought, you know what, this is worth giving up a couple bucks to get that top six. Um, unfortunately, I didn't do it the, <laughs> with the, with Neiman, but whatever. But, yeah, like, for, for anybody who listens to the betting side of this at all, like, the, keep an eye on what you're getting in a return for the top fives this week and last week versus what you'll get once we get back to cut events. Yeah, and I don't even have that option. I just have winner, top five, top ten. I don't even have the top six option on mine. Yeah, I can't do that on the Sportsbook app, on the DraftKings Sportsbook back. I can, app. I can only do that in the building, in the actual actual book. So okay. for some people, that may mean absolutely nothing. Right, right. But uh, anything else this uh, from this week before we put the Zozo to bed and uh, get ready to make some uh, some, some laps and bets? Yeah, I think I'm good. Uh, i got to find my player pool and figure out how many lineups I'm going to play this week. So, right, I'll, I'll get, get back, back to 10 lineups. I did, uh, I did double up. You think I was a cash game player last week? I, uh, I made $30 in lineups and I won 58, so I almost doubled up. And I was like, man, I'm a, I'm a cash game player, but I'm not. Right. <laughs> For whatever that means. But yeah, I'm looking forward to placing some lineups and uh, should be a fun event. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing a new course. Um, since, Since I was, I was not, not really that dialed into golf when the hero was being played there, so yep. I like seeing putting my eyes on the course. So I do too. Yeah, no, it should be fun to see. And again, I don't remember it, so I'm with you. Uh, be nice to see a new course to us. Yes, yes sir. And, and I also like the fact that these finishing uh, these finishing rounds happen after the Bengals have finished their one o'clock game too. Yeah, this is true. My Bears play Sunday or Monday night, so if I get live, I can I can be watching on Sunday. So. Right. Well, well, let's, let's watch, watch it. We'll figure out when we record the podcast next week. I don't want to mess up that Monday Night Bears matchup, but we'll figure that next week. But for now, Skeeter, good luck this week, and uh, I appreciate everybody listening. Good luck at the Zozo Championship. For Skeeter Robinson, I'm James Adams. This has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Picks DFS Golf Podcast.